Hey, everybody. Welcome to the very first New York Game Critic Circle podcast. I'm very excited to be here. I am Dan Ackerman from CNET, and joining me is... Harold Goldberg, the founder of the New York Video Game Critic Circle. And Sherielle Smith from Tom's Guide and Laptop Mag. Well, it's so great for us to get together and, and just chit-chat about games and stuff. And, and Harold said to me, we should do something about Halloween because Halloween is coming up. Uh, and that seems like a great time to talk about all the new scary games that are that are available now. And frankly, we've been playing for decades. <laughs> scary games new and old. Now, you remember The Seventh Guest? I do. I do. I actually wrote down a little list of some of the first scary games I played. And I think the one that got me into modern gaming, which I defined as like after I graduated from college and had to go out and get my own stuff. <laughs> Uh, was was a, was a horror movie style game called The Ripper with Christopher Walken. It was <gasps> one of those uh, FMV games, and Jimmy Walker and Wait. John Rhys Davies. Jimmy and, Walker like Dynamite. Yes, uh, that oh, is yeah, correct. That guy, I remember oh, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and many other and many other B list actors. Uh, and then right after that, I played Phantasmagoria. Yeah, which was really similar, you know, FMV yes. the, the, with, with the video Whoa. clips game. But Fan- Phantasmagoria was interesting because uh, it was banned in countries. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? Because there was a rape scene. Yeah, so it got a like I saw clips of it. I was too young myself to play it. My mother would have never let me play that. But the clips I've seen, I understand why it was a little. Uh, I understand the ban. Oh yeah, horrible. Well, one of the, one of the interesting things about that though is I was at Entertainment Weekly at the time and there there was there were parental controls on it so you could click it off if you wanted to. So when my review came out, people said, uh, oh, I want to interview you because there's this horrible rape scene on it. And I remember uh, someone from NBC coming over to the house and saying, so let's talk about this. And I said, well, you know, you can't take, you can't turn it off. You can't turn off like the the... The, the the more horrific parts of it. And they said, really? There's really no story here then. See it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did a, an early, early uh, TV appearance here in my, my CNET tenure talking about, I think it was Manhunt, that infamous oh, like game. It. I for love the, what, Manhunt. What, what console was that for? That was for PS3, if I recall. Maybe PS2. Uh, I love that game. Uh, and maybe if I play it, if I were to go back again, maybe I wouldn't love it as much. Uh, I was I was in college when it came out, so it's just like all the, like I loved it because you weren't supposed to play it. Like this was a game that you really weren't supposed to be indulging in because, it, as I think of it now, it really is a snuff film simulator. Oh yeah, <laughs> like I think I ended up talking about. I think it was a Wii version later, or a Wii version of Manhunt Two, or something where you use the two Wii nunchucks to, like strangle people. Like, like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I wrote a book about serial killers a while back, My Life Among the Serial Killers, but I could never play that game. It just was a little too, a little too much for me. It was a great example of like the local news crew coming by and wanting to do a kind of a scare the parents story. <laughs> and I, I tried to keep the tone very, you know, moderated. But, you know, the way they cut those things, it seemed like we were training kids uh, in a murder simulator. And I guess in hindsight, that's kind of what we were doing. But again, like the game had a rating system on it. Like I, I personally cannot abide by parents getting upset about games if you're still going to buy the game, if you're not going to pay attention to the rating. Especially a lot of states, I think most states, have a law that uh, the seller has to tell you what this game is about, what the rating is about. If you choose not to abide by it, that's the parents' fault. Yeah, parents, I mean, they, you know, I I, I write uh, frequently for uh, Boys Life, the magazine of the Boy Scouts, which now uh, allow women and yay 
Um, and, and that's what I always say to them exactly that, you know, you really have to, um, watch your kid and, 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 and be, understand what these ratings be. Not everyone knows what the ratings be. I think it it may be better now that like the generation of parents were gamers themselves and they may have, they they may be a little more game savvy than maybe Mm. our parents were. I don't know. I, I, I still run into the times I do go into a GameStop, which is usually around Christmas for like my nephew. I will run into the parent that was, Hey, I'm going to get this for my kid. I'm like, Hey, do you know that it has this, this, and this? And I kind of shatter that kid's dream right there. (laughs) (laughs) I was in one of those pop-up costume stores today and uh, I was looking at the costumes and in like the little kids section, they have like Assassin's Creed costumes. I'm like, that's not appropriate. That's not appropriate. You can't have a kid's costume for an M rated game. (laughs) He's like, Oh, come on. Put on Zelda or Mario or Minecraft. That, that seems much more appropriate. I will say my, my biggest cult, my, my biggest memory touchstone of, of classic scary games is probably uh, Resident Evil 2, and I'll tell you why. Two. I'll tell you why. That is, the ga- that is why I'm here right now. My entire career is based on Resident Evil 2. I was working in the beverage industry trade magazine business when Resident Evil 2 came out. I was like, hey, that's like a George Romero movie. I have got to get this game. And I never had a game console before. I played some PC games uh, like like Ripper and, and some of the other ones uh, that I told you about. And I was like, so I, I got some bonus money for working on something at the magazine. And I went out and got a, a, a PS, uh, um, a PlayStation and Resident Evil 2. And then less than a year later, I was working at UGO um, <laughs> writing about video games. And that's it. The die was cast. So did, thank you, uh, Capcom. Re- did Resident Evil come up in your job interview? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I, I wrote like an article on like a yeah. on posted it myself on my little personal website about yeah. Resident Evil 2 and, and um, Japanese horror versus American horror and George Romero and stuff. And I used that uh, when I was interviewing for this job at UGO. Well, you know, interestingly, for Resident Evil 7, I went to Osaka to interview the, the, the team there. And my Playboy story was exactly that, how Resident Evil 7 and other Japanese horrors scare the pants off you. Oh, I, I can't yeah. even handle it. You know what? As I've gotten older, I've gotten wimpier. I just cannot handle scary games anymore. I still do, though. Um, I just I need to start with the, with it's daylight. Otherwise, I will not do it. But um, I actually went through Resident Evil 7 in VR, and that was... <laughs> That was utterly terrifying. It's terrifying. I don't know man. how. Like I don't know how I did it. Uh, most of well, actually, I do. Most of the time, I did it with someone in the room with me, so I can have like a a tether, if you will, to the real world. Because when you're in VR, like there is no oh, I look to the side, I'm still in the room. No, I am actually in this creepy, decrepit house. There's there are these maniacs after me. And I have nowhere to go. So I need someone in the room to just like, oh, my God, it just just crack jokes off of to alleviate that tension. I think well, need, it, oh, go ahead. Dan. I think you need someone in the room to like grab your shoulder at a bad moment just go <laughs> and jump up behind <laughs> you. Scary, That's what you really scary. need the other person for. But in Osaka, we were all in a room doing maybe three hours or four hours of gameplay and all meaning U.S. and European media together. So occasionally, like I get a little dizzy from VR uh, one of those rare people who do. So I, I took the uh, glasses off and looked around the room, and occasionally you'd hear this, ah, <laughs> it's high-pitched, ah, like a baby. And it's like dudes just very scared of uh, what they've seen, you know. But but the interesting thing about, about um, Osaka and uh, Resident Evil 7 was when I talked to uh, 
Massachika Kawada, I think the the the, the producer. Um, we got to talking about uh, scary things in Osaka, which hmm. was which was which was pretty cool. And and he's kind of I mean he's not he's not a generally dark individual, but um, he can get dark, which I and I appreciate a person who can go dark from time to time. Yeah, I did. I did a few hours of maybe an hour or so of that in VR, and I was like, "That's it. I cannot handle any more of this." <laughs> I played a little more non-VR. Uh, we actually shot a video here uh, uh, at, at this office where we put different people in the PlayStation VR headset and had them play some of the beginning and, and try to get them to jump. And really, people did not jump as much as I thought they would. But I just can't. All so many VR games are are scary games because it's it's like. Uh, it's a cheap thrill tactic you could the throw jump in there. Scare. Yeah, and like every time I try to do it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be okay this time. And then like I open a door and there's a big face there. And I go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's it, I'm done. done. Oh, exactly, it's too scary. You know, one of the things in Resident Evil 7 that that, that truly scared me was just what you can walk inside the walls, like uh, across mm. yeah, to another room. Yeah. And uh, um, that just made me... Uh, really quite scared you know not enough room or kind yeah, of yeah like they definitely played up the claustrophobic uh aspect of it yeah like or just like in the beginning when you're going like getting into the nitty-gritty of the house and you're in that underwater cr- that uh flooded crawl space and you get to the part where the bodies are floating and you're just like oh god <laughs> Yeah, 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 definitely. VR almost makes it too easy. You need to be able to pull that tension out, you know, through effective storytelling and gameplay mechanics. But in virtual reality, it's just like, ah, here's a big something in your face. Yes. So so I, I have a big no next to VR horror games in general. And whenever there's a new <laughs> VR game I'm going to try, I try to watch some videos first. I make sure there's no giant bugs in it that are crawling <laughs> at me. Uh, and if I see like you know big even what what is it rush of rush of blood until dawn I love until, I love rush first of, of all I love the original until dawn that was pretty good love yeah. it uh, one of my uh, friends actually voiced it voiced one of the characters mm-hmm. he's the uh, ranger mm-hmm. shout out to Brian McGinnis <laughs> well and the and and, and the director uh, Larry Fessenden is the host in in uh, in that game oh cool but what interesting quick. Uh, 30 second story about that is we took it to a place Sherry and I mentor sometimes, um, uh, the senior, senior uh, planet on, in Chelsea. And, uh, I, I showed, um, rush of blood to, uh, uh, older adults. And this one woman who must've been about 75 started laughing hysterically. And I said, Oh, I remember when I, uh, when I first saw like a truly scary movie, like the exorcist, I myself like started laughing. It was just a bit of fear. So I thought she was scared. So I said, Oh, we can take that off you. And she said, Oh, this reminds me of being on a roller coaster at Coney Island when I was a kid and I can't do that anymore. So I want to continue to play this. Yeah. Cause when you first <laughs> told me that story, like I, w- I was side eyeing you, like, why would you put someone's me in that thing? <laughs> but I was happy that it had a good, a, a good conclusion on it. I, I, you know, I, we, we took them the first time, you and I, through through like various things. Yes. Right. And and it was very controlled and kind of uh, soothing. And I just wanted to see like if this would work with them. And they were all into it. I'm with that. So yeah. that like, story could have gone wrong in so many ways. I'm, 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 I'm glad I, I, it like, didn't. Exactly. Because uh, when I first heard I was like, 
But I will say, I played the first level of that, maybe the first two, and then I knew that there was like a giant spider level coming up. So I was like, I'm out, I'm done. <laughs> That's it. That's right. That's far it for as I'm Dan. ever going to go in, that is in, it for in Dan. Until Dawn, Rush of Blood yeah. in, in PlayStation VR. Well, there was a mod where you could play Alien Isolation in VR. Yes, and I did I did that when it first came out, and it was terrifying. Yeah, I can't handle that. I, um, it, I went, it was at E3, uh, I guess, 2013? 2014 maybe and oculus showed it off Mm -hmm. uh, because it was a sega game sega had the the vanilla traditional version i did that and then i went to oculus's booth and i swear to you i was i stayed in a locker for like five minutes before i was shamed into get stepping out of the locker Get out of the locker there's people waiting and and so i get out there and i have i have a flamethrower I'm like moving really slow. Not gonna do you any good. It, it it doesn't do you any good. But I'm like, but at the same time, I'm around people, so I have to I have to do this. So I'm exploring the space station. It's creepy as all get out, and I see the alien. And the thing about it is, you have to stop to to even detect the alien because you have to pull out that big thing. You can't defend yourself. They're coming, man. Game over, man. <laughs> no. Game over, indeed. So I thought that I saw it out the corner of my eye. And I thought that I had scrambled undercover fast enough and I had breathed a sigh of relief just in time for that ugly, ugly mm. arm to drag me out in VR, lift me up, and I just see it impaling me with my with its tail. <laughs> it was just like, well, dear God. I like nice puzzle games. <laughs> <laughs> well, you Seventh know, Guest was essentially a yeah, puzzle game. That, that's yeah, more my yeah, speed. Yeah. But, you know, Bioshock really scared me. And early on, it scared me. Yeah, the Sander Cohen uh, board really, really, like, stayed with me. It stays with me to this day yeah. because it just really ratcheted up the tension. And you're really, like, grappling with these people that have willfully disfigured themselves and they go crazy. And Sander Cohen and, like, the way he's got all these, like, these people, like, framed in this hor- horrific art. Yeah, and then some of the art yeah. starts moving and attacking. It, 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 like it stays with me to this oh, day. Oh, it stayed. Sta- you know what stayed with me was there, early on, like probably in the first hour, hour and a half. There's a you just you're kind of exploring, going to one thing or another, and you see a shadow of a woman with a baby carriage, <sighs> and then the woman is kind of singing oh, yeah. to her or or, or t- like talking to her toddler who's in the carriage in this like Victorian black baby carriage and. And 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 she she says to him, "You will be the lonely one." And can you imagine? Like that's like you're you're a baby. That's that's going into your head, man. Like that you won't remember it in the future, but you'll you know it, it, it's probably going to have its effect on you. Like the but that said, when you got to Santa Cohen, it like they they used lighting so well because mm-hmm. there were times. Where they would they it would be strobe lighting and then you like is it is this really moving toward me is it me if it didn't like Sanders talking to you the whole time is like oh no actually those things are moving toward me I need to kill them mm-hmm. now and, and just the idea of splicers and they're fresh and they're yeah. fast and they're oh god that, and the claustrophobia and the pressure of the water outside yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Fears of being and entombed before, and buried alive, and that's essentially where you are. You're buried alive under sea. So yeah, totally. And that's before you even get encounter your first big daddy. Mm-hmm. Well, even the first scene where you're 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 it's it's a plane crash and you're in this black water and there's fire all around you. That is that is that scary in itself. I mean, it reminds me, you know, fire is a, is, is something is a horror trope, right? So if you look at the Evil Within two. 
that's how that thing begins or or beyond two souls that there's there's that, oh, yeah. that level with with we have to escape this burning building but i mean i th- i thought evil evil within is like really interesting as, as far as some of the gameplay and like you can you can go up to this this guy who's been shot through the head and like examine him mm-hmm. but i also i i felt that the uh the script needed tightening and that the, the actors certainly at the beginning needed needed to be uh, better directed. But I thought overall the game was quite good. Is this one or two? Cause I this heard, is two. Because I didn't play one. I heard it was just a huge hunking mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, one was one, but I kind of got bored after a while and, and yeah, moved same. on. And two, two seemed... I I played a little bit of it. I haven't gotten that far, but I saw what you what you're talking about. Where you there's a body that's sort of frozen in time, and you can like walk around it and examine it. Yeah. Uh, I find stuff like that creepy and scary in kind of a a, a David Lynchian kind of way, mm. but also less so because the world you're in is so fantastic and bends the rules so much that you know that you know, anything can happen at any time. So you're like, all right, I'm just in some sort of fantasy land. Uh, you know, when 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 horror is grounded in reality and kind of the rules of physics and stuff, then it then I think it's more effective. No, exactly. It's a creepy, creepy is cool, but not frightening. Yeah, cool. it's 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 a little uh, almost. Uh, I said David Lynch, but also David Cronenberg, and also anything sort of you know through the looking glass uh, kind of stuff. Like this year, Bethesda's been big on the dread factor because um, you have Prey, which like I like you can't ru- you can rush through it, mm-hmm. but the idea that there, if there's two of something, one of them is probably <laughs> right. going to leap at your face, <laughs> makes you be a little bit more cautious when you're progressing through the game. And with Evil Within 2, because I did play a demo of that, mm-hmm. um, I, the board that I played through, there was such a real, there was a really good use of color in mm. like oh, yeah. old school yeah, great lighting, Resident, great Resident color, Evil yeah. puzzles. So I've mm-hmm. solved this puzzle, I walked out this hallway, and I knew that... Uh, stuff had officially hit the fan when I turned around in what was seemed like this dead end hallway, and now it's just red, just yeah. like fluorescent red. Like appreciate the art, and there's all these twisted things, and I'm just I'm walking very slowly, like mm-hmm. okay, okay, here it comes, here it comes, whatever it is, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but it never came. Uh-huh. And by the time it did come, my dread was level was just so high that if you had just tapped me, yeah, you would have gotten that blood curdling scream out of me. We have uh, 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 a GI Joe like doll here. It's a terror Billy. Terror Billy. <laughs> and the the dude, I mean, he is not. He he looks like he's got his game on on the face, but you know, I think he needs maybe just a spot of blood on him. You know, like a like just dripping from the mouth a little bit. I wish they had they had given him the face that uh, from Wolfenstein new um, the new order mm. um, when you go into the hardest level where is his eyes are like like blood like look uh-huh. red and he's got blood spatter all over his face yes like that would yeah, have been more appropriate bit, yeah yeah oh, it let's, is. Uh, let's let's describe who we're talking about and what so we're from. talking about uh, B J Blaskowitz from the upcoming game uh, Wolfenstein the the new Colossus. Well, it'll be out by the time this this uh, this this. Wolfenstein hits the, two, the new Colossus. You always have Wolfenstein to work out the, uh, two, the new Colossus. That's like yes. gaming yeah. sequel names because it's not really two. It's like the twentieth yes. Wolfenstein game. <laughs> but uh, we we call it the recently released, yeah. uh, right? Because it's it'll, yes. it'll be hit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, describe the. Uh... So t- uh, you've got Terra Billy. He's wearing kind of a Kill Bill esque type of outfit. Oh, yeah. He's got a little leather jacket. It's yellow. Um, 
black. It's got a devil kitty on it. And the kitty's looking mischievous. It's got a little pitchfork. And he's got his boots. And he's got this hella big axe. And, um, you know, he's ready to kill some zo- some Nazis. Not zombies. Some zombies. If they're, if they're there, he'll Nazi kill them. Nazi zombies, too. those yeah, two. But yeah. really not uh, Nazis. Because in this day and age, nothing is scarier than a Nazi. And this, this is from the collector's edition. It, come, it also comes with, I think, a winter jacket and some... Uh... Some uh, guns, some and guns, stuff, yeah. some guns. Oh my god, yeah, I yeah, wanted yeah. so badly. Yeah. I played a little bit of the game, and the opening is very intense. Yes, it's yeah. very uh, psychological horror. It's not just like a shoot 'em up. Mm. Um, it goes some really dark places, and I was surprised, but I thought it was it, it was really well done. Well, New Order, I think, won uh, Game of the Year at the New York Game Awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Wolfenstein is so good because, like, for me. Uh, Blaskowitz's inner monologue as he's going through the like going through these legions of Nazis and just fighting for this world against what seemed to be a losing battle. So in the, in the sequel, he wake up, he wakes up. You thought he was dead. He like he supposedly died in the last one, and he wakes up to find out that I'm about to be a father. And his whole inner monologue, this game is going to be about. I'm not bringing kids into this world. I'm, these Nazi scum have to go, and it, it like, and the depths that he's going to go through, the uh, brutality that he's going to engage the in, psychological to make the, terror to right? make the world a better place. But there's such an interesting sort of bit of his backstory and his family life and his childhood at the beginning of the game, something you'd never think of originally playing like Wolfenstein 3D, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, it's 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 really interesting, I think, to see them develop the character that way because the character's frankly always been a bit of a caricature and now he's less of one even though they have to keep the name and they even pronounce it in a more like uh, a normal way he's not mm. like bj blaskowitz he's like uh, what's his real name um i forgot what his real name anyway, is. They, they pronounce it more like a real name and it's yeah. less cartoony and the whole thing is uh, uh, but uh really I, interesting really what well i done. really yeah. did like is they acknowledge that he's jewish oh yeah that i thought it was interesting too or at least half <laughs> Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, even, I mean, there's a poster inside this. Uh, this collector's edition box the collector's for the edition PC box, version. Which is like, you open it up, and it's, uh, it's Blitz, <laughs> it says it's Blitzmatch. So there we have it. It's, it's kind of, and I mean, And it reminds me of like World War II Captain America art. Well, yeah. exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, but one thing I want to mention is that um, on the back uh, this this cat um, with its trident spear here um, reminds me of Cuphead and yeah, Cuphead. I knew you were gonna say that. And, and Cuphead. <laughs> and oh, Cuphead, Cuphead. Cuphead. It could be really. Don't could, make deals with the devil. That is could be a very scary game. It's rated E. I mean, it's scary in the sense that you can't. It's hard to beat, but but. Those characters are pretty scary. They are. They're not familiar. They're 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 from a the art style is old enough that a lot of kids, young people playing it, are not familiar with that sort of style, and it may seem strange and unfamiliar. And I think that adds an an air of eeriness to it. Yeah, eerie. The kind creepy. of steamboat willy, uh, yes. you know, early like, hand drawn animation. Yeah, Max Fleischer kind of exactly. thing. Back then, before animation was just so rote, and everyone you know followed the same you know script, uh, uh, you know key points. Specky hair. Yeah, you, 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 hair you, you wouldn't know <laughs> what would. You wouldn't know what would happen. There, were, there was still the air of, of anything could happen in this old cartoon, and that's kind of what Cuphead does. It gives you that we're not really sure what's going to happen vibe when so many other games and cartoons and movies and everything else are just predictable beat, 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 beat. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I, you know, so there's there's kind of a, a, 
a wishy point nosed uh, woman in the air early on. And, and I remember it, I, I, I apologize for not remembering the character's name. Cause you, I mean, she doesn't really say who she is, but you kind of have to look it up. Um, and just, I mean, not only the fact that it took me like an hour and a half to get through that, let me try to figure out how to get through it. But I could imagine having nightmares about that, you know, just playing that game long enough that it would kind of just go right into my head, you know, be, be part of my genes or part of my synapses, and then I'd, I'd, I'd end up dreaming about it. I mean, it re like, again, it reminds me of those old Mac Fleischer mm -hmm. cartoons that my mother would get on the VCR. Yeah, the v I was a VCR kid. Um, and those, they were morality tales, a lot of them. And sometimes they didn't end up well. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the devil won, and sometimes you you fried like like a sausage. <laughs> well, yeah, they were sadistic. This, thing. yeah, yeah. Now that said, I I really am looking forward to the eventual edition of a Cuphead tourist mode, where we can just kind of stroll through and and not have to work at it. Too well, hard there because, is a supposed easy mode, but it's not easy. Uh, yeah, yeah. When when you do something, yeah, it's like basic or advanced or, or yeah, simple. Or yeah, hard. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I can't do the simple one either. No, I can't. I mean, it's it's very hard. I'm we old, gave my it, reaction time is slow, but it makes me feel so good when I beat a board. It's yeah. like, <gasps> oh yeah, I'm I'm a busy guy. I don't have that kind of time. I I don't well, have kids. I like I have all the time in the world. But a game that I wanted to bring up, Fatal Frame. I love oh, yeah. games where you can't fight back yep. per se. Mm -hmm. Like the only way, like Fatal Frame, and I I hope that they bring that back in some shape, form, or fashion soon. Is you're basically fighting off these monsters, and you're not really fighting them all. You're just stunning them by letting them get as close as possible to you so you can take a good shot, and then you can scamper away. With a camera that has, like, a flash yes. on it. Yes. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah, spectral yeah. With camera. With an old school, right. like... And that was, like, a... Was that a PS2 game? It was a PS2 okay. game. Yeah, Fatal Frame. That's a classic one. Oh, I, I got a classic one here. I actually wrote this down because it had a huge impact on me in terms of... Is something I always remember and go back to. They made a bunch of sequels, none of which were the same thing. Uh, it was kind of on, in the Resident Evil mode, Clock Tower. Ooh. Not any of the other ones, just Clock Tower 1, where it's a bunch of people at a resort or something, and there's a, there's a serial killer named Scissor Man, and he just comes out at you. Sit, Scissor Man! And you gotta go and hide, <laughs> and you can't hide, and he finds you, and he just takes his big scissors. Ah. And I actually oh played all God. the way through to the end of the game, and there's like 10 different endings you can get, nine of which are bad. And after all this time, I got one of the bad endings where even though I escaped, I got killed anyway. I don't uh, remember what happened. The, the, you know, that's that's too depressing. It, it's like you get out of the well at the end. It's like, oh, I'm free. And all this, who's waiting for you? Oh, it's Scissor Man again. Scissor Man yet again. Thanks, buddy. Let me scissor you. Quack, quack, quack. There's, a, there's another game called Shadow Man back in the Oh, day. I remember that too. Yeah, yeah. But I don't remember. It was an action game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't remember if that was scary or not. Remember, so many games. Remember the old NES Friday the 13th? I remember it existed, but I don't think I've ever played it. I don't it. think I played it. Like, you, you really, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You really didn't get to play. Like, I, I know I never got too far in it. Like, you play as a counselor. And Jay, and you try to avoid Jason, mm -hmm. and then Jason would start killing all your council, your ca um, campers, and you try to get there before he did. And I never got there, or he'd get me first. So they have uh, somebody wisely made a Friday the Thirteenth game this year. Yes, and it is a hell of a lot of fun. Is I love the I, I love the it. multiplayer aspect of it. I love that you can either play as Jason or a camper. Mm -hmm. I love that you can defeat Jason if you uh, have the smarts and the patience. Mm -hmm. um, and the deaths. The deaths are gory. Oh, really? Just as gory as you would expect. 
I, I would put them at Friday the 13th one, like Kevin Bacon, like scissors through the neck. Well, Tom Savini <laughs> action. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, talking about uh, old school horror games, there's a guy named uh, Jarrett Kobeck who wrote a full book about this uh, Sinclair Spectrum or the ZX Spectrum game called Soft and Cuddly. And I am I'm not just, familiar with this at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Soft and cuddly. So he and 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 to be honest, it's 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 you know it, the way he describes it uh, early on is is pretty scary. It says the image appeared on screen, an image that will never leave me—a ghastly blinking face, framed with what looked like grim, the grim pastiches of the Cookie Monster that, that appeared to be eating babies. Oh, the face. Oh. The face wore a spiked crown, or was it half a man trap, the other buried in its scalp? Its lower left eyelid was severed, and its frenzied attempt to blink only ever resulted in half of the eye being obscured. Oh, no. What torture had before befallen this disembodied head? No, I mean, it's, it kind of makes you want to read the whole thing. But yeah, the whole book is about this... Uh, this game, Soft and Cuddly, which is, a, I think, a, a British game, so it never came here, huh. but uh, makes me want to make writing me get an it. entire book about a single game. That's a crazy idea. It'll never work. Said <laughs> 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 said Dan Ackerman who wrote a book on Tetris. There you go. There you go. Buy that book now. Did either of you play? Um, any of the Five Night at Freddy's series? I did not, I, but I'm so aware of it because it's become such a cultural phenomenon, especially among kids who I can't imagine are especially, actually playing the game. Yeah, yeah. There's well, so many that, toys well, well, and collectibles. When we went up to uh, the Dream Art School to mentor, those kids would always bring up Five Five Nights at Freddy's. Because like, it's it's a thing to play it and video yourself playing it to get your reactions. Uh, yeah, sure. And, the, and those, they're golden because <laughs> I've played through it and I know the only reason I don't make too many faces is because I know that I am on camera and I do not <laughs> want to look a certain yourself. way. <laughs> Uh, but that game is those games are terrifying like the idea of animomorphic uh Chuck E. Cheese type mm -hmm. robots just killing everyone in this uh, dilapidated restaurant it, it, I, no no <laughs> it just sounded like a lot of effort to just to like get murdered at the end and then yeah, I, yeah, I, it I, is. I never mm -hmm. I, I never bothered getting into it although it seemed like a perfect game for VR too yeah I, I played in VR I do it I I would do it willingly but I do it I think it's a good season right now for this stuff because number one, we're getting into the holiday game season, and there's a lot of reasonably scaryish, creepyish, horrorish games coming out right now. There's obviously uh, Wolfenstein has has some of that in it. Uh, Evil Within. Uh, what are some other ones that are? That well, are I would say recent? I would I would go so far as to say that there are, you know there are pretty creepy levels in Super Mario Odyssey. Like so, when you start the game, um, there's the first level um, has a, a ghost named Cappy, and it's really kind of a, 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 a very kind of a eerie uh, chiaroscuro level where not not much color in it, and you know it's called Bond Town for some reason, but it's pretty creepy. And so the ghost uh, Cappy is actually becomes uh, uh, Mario's hat. So he lives in Mario's hat, and so you can then uh, um, um, inhabit other creatures like a T-Rex and things like that. So yeah. that's scary to me. And then um, there's this area called the Deep Woods where you just accidentally fall down into it. 
and uh, everything's dark and creepy. And then suddenly the T-Rex, who was kind of easy to inhabit before, comes right at you out of the dark. It's almost like VR. I mean, that's that particular level would be great in VR. So there are some, you know, it's it's. I believe it's rated E, but there are some fairly creepy uh, levels in uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Well, Mario's always had a very sort of fantastical world where, you know, down could be up and up could be down. It could be very disconcerting. Mm. And anything that takes you out of your sort of normal understanding of physics and how the world works can be uncomfortable and, and, and chilling, even if it's done in a colorful way. Yeah. Mm. So are we, any of us, dressing up for... Uh... For Halloween? for Halloween? Yes. Oh, all right. I am going as number five from Kids Next Door. Ah. I, I literally have no idea what you're talking about. You, you missed out on a great cartoon series. Like, it's basically, um, it was a Cartoon Network um, show where kids were fighting against adult tyranny. Okay. And they would have these fantastical weapons, and they would fight these uh, kids that were on the size of, of adults called the Delightful Children Down the Lane. And they would fight against homework. They would fight against mm -hmm. uh, bedtimes. They would fight against uh, dentists. And um, Abby Lincoln, who was voiced by Cree Summers, the incomparable Cree Summers, um, she was uh, number five. She used to be the leader of this particular kid mm -hmm. um, faction of Kids Next Door because they're all over the world. There's even a galactic Kids Next Door. And they did like five seasons. It, it was a really good show. Huh. Her name was Abby Lincoln, like the singer? A no, Abby Lincoln. <laughs> like based on number five, Abe Lincoln, the, the oh, $5 bill. Oh, oh, that, that uh, Abby Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting, like, interesting. Like That's it's interesting. It's interesting now dress. because her parent, like her father, was definitely modeled after Bill Cosby, mm -hmm. and so when you would see him, he would So it's it's very interesting to watch now with that with what we know now, but that doesn't take who Abby Lincoln was as a character, and, and she also fought against her sister, who because once you become a teenager, you don't you're not a kid's next door anymore. They decommission you. And you fight for adults. And like a, a member of Menudo aging out of the yeah, group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They decommit, like the kid next door, de decommission you. They wipe all your memories of being in the kid next door and you go on to the next stage of life. Oh. I'm going to, well, I was a really good joker last year. Ooh. But I'm going back to, I mean, our, well, first, the uh, the Halloween party I always go to is, is not being held this year. So, But I will still be, I will be a vampire, more like a bald Nosferatu, Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> vampire, yeah, with a little Classics. bit of blood dripping from from the mouth. See, and I usually take it very seriously. I've had years where I had a great year where I was um, um, Ron Burgundy, Ooh. Uh, which you guys can probably see. I love Scott working out. I think Scotch. I was at that party. You might have been at that party. Uh, another year, I was '70s magician Doug Henning. And I had rainbow suspenders and a ah, unicorn ah, t-shirt and a big ah, wig. And I just went around with my hands going, it's magic. <laughs> <laughs> and then last year, it was really funny at the time, but I was uh, Donald Trump. Oh. And I had the blonde wig and the red tie. And then and then Libby dressed up like Hillary. And we walked down the street as, as Trump oh, and Hillary. Nice, at nice. the end of October 2016. It was no longer that funny. Was a, that was a funny Halloween costume. A few weeks later, less funny. It was that far was less funny. So, so <laughs> I, I can't funny. do that again this year. Um, Why not? You could be, be, you could be the, the I don't want to get beaten up. The Tom, <laughs> Tom Tools version of Trump, which is just like hair and mouth. <laughs> so I'm in a Halloweeny costume, but we'll. Uh, 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 yeah. All right, all right. I'll I'll, I'll tell you guys. I, I went safe. I went pop culture. 
I, I got the full David S. Pumpkins outfit. outfit. Wow. Uh, I got the full the jacket, the pants, the tie. Whoa, wow. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. <laughs> so that's going to be, uh, we'll see how many people actually get it or how insidery a reference that is. But there's a new animated special, I guess, that's happening soon. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So no, he'll, that, be, he'll be top of mind again. That, 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 that seems cool. So, so well, I mean, I guess we should wrap it up. We've covered a lot of things. Is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw out two quick old school horror games for you that I love. I just want to give a shout out to. Number one was the Call of Cthulhu game Ooh. that I think you can get on Steam now for like a couple of bucks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't great, great, but it really did capture some of that uh, uh, Lovecraftian magic. And the second one is something I don't think anyone else ever played. And just like we were talking about uh, uh, Bioshock as being sort of science fiction horror, uh, there was a video game version of The Thing, the John Carpenter version yeah. of The oh, Thing yeah. movie. Yeah, I, that was a really cool little game because you didn't know who to trust, who was a monster, who wasn't. You're stuck in the Arctic base, and you have all these people you run into, and some of them are monsters and some of them aren't. And it's a, a game about building trust and betraying people and knowing who to trust and who not. And I thought that was a fun little romp, and, I, and I'm surprised that uh, no one's ever tried to do that again. Yeah. I, I, want to, I can't leave this without talking about uh, mentioning fear. Oh, yeah. Oh. And um, Amnesia, The Dark Descent. True. All true. And, and System Shock 2. Yes. Well, System Shock 2, yeah, yeah, yeah. And these are games that, that, that effectively merge, you know, their horror and action or horror and, you know, walking simulator. Terror and horror together. And I, I kind of want to <laughs> track down a copy of the point and click. Um, I have no mouth and I want to scream. Oh, I, you mm. can get that on GOG, I think. GOG has oh. that? Yeah, I have it, but I haven't played it. It's in my little library. Because I love the story. I love the short story. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I, I, I think I want to I think you can get that on good old games uh, to give that a little plug. So if we're going to wrap up, up. Why don't we uh, very quickly just tell everybody where you can find more stuff from us and what we do and where to follow you on Twitter and stuff. All right. If you are interested in laptops, video games, uh, VR, smartphones, baby monitors, you name it, we got it. Uh, come to Tom's Guide or Laptop Mag. I am Shereel Smith. I am at Twitter, Smith 11 uh, Yeah, I think, I think that's about, about it for me. Yeah, I'm I'm at Harold Goldberg on Twitter, and uh, you can find me in Playboy, uh, Boys Life, and um, the Washington Post. And where are we going to be able to listen to this? Oh, at the New York Video Game Critics Circle site, nygamecritics.com. It's going to be awesome. Very cool. And of course, I'm Dan Ackerman from CNET. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Ackerman. And I'll give you two quick plugs. One, we, we briefly alluded to uh, my book, The Tetris Effect, uh, available at bookstores everywhere about... That's right, one game, Tetris. And if you want to listen to another podcast after this, I just started a new CNET Book Club podcast where we Ooh. talk to different authors about their books. Uh, and you I need to write a book. Like, that, I feel uh, like I need well, to write should. a book. Then we'll have you on a podcast because <laughs> right. we have a podcast will, for books. That's right, that's right. So you can go on any of your favorite podcast platforms, look for the CNET Book Club, and we talk to Jeff Vandermeer, who's really great, and Corey Doctorow, and we have some other great authors coming up. Well, and then, you know, this is, I think, an anniversary for Grand Theft Auto. Man, was it 20 years now? Oh, God. And, oh. Uh, in October. And, um, Hush your mouth. I, 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 but but <laughs> if, if you read my book, All Your Base Are Belong to Us, How 50 Years of uh, Video Games Conquered Pop Culture, you have two chapters with Sam Hauser from Rockstar Games talking about the, 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 the ups and downs of, of, of making those, uh, those classic games. 
Wow. You got to get on this book thing. You gotta I got to get on this book Come thing. On. I got I got I got to do it. I got to figure something out. You'll do <laughs> well, it. You'll do it. If well, it thank you, Harold. Thank you, Cherie. Let's come back and do this again real soon and get some more fun people involved. Absolutely. We will. We'll definitely do that. Have a great Halloween, everyone. <laughs>